1: Hey there, welcome to The Hash. You're watching CoinDesk TV with me, Zach Seward. There, Jen Sanasi, and way over there, Will Foxley. We're here to get you up to speed on all that's going on in the world of crypto news. This one just breaking. We're going to toss it over to Will for the first story. What do you got?
2: Yeah, Kraken announced layoffs this morning from Jesse Powell, the co-founder and CEO, who's actually stepping down uh, later this year, early next year, but they're uh, you know, slashing the workforce, about a thousand employees are affected by this. They're going to give a pretty generous severance package, I think 16 weeks of pay, you know, helping them find a new jobs, different locations to be at. The reason for this, well, they hired too fast and aggressively, saying that they moved up in terms of like exchange volume and all those things that happened during a bull market, but it wasn't quite self-sustaining. So they are going back to the previous headcount they had 12 months ago. This follows up, of course, a lot of different layoffs that we've seen across the tech space, not just in crypto. Meta laid off about 10,000 employees a little bit ago. Amazon has slashed its workforce. Uh, And of course, there's a bunch of others. Twitter being a very notable example with well over 75% of its workforce slashed when Elon Musk came into town. Zach, I want to throw this one over to you. I think for the crypto community, this is sort of becoming a dull pain at this point. There's been so many layoffs. But again, 1,000 employees, that's a decent amount of people at Kraken. Guys, a lot of people, a lot of families. So yeah, first of all, thoughts to them.
1: Uh, yeah, this is hunkering down for crypto winter plus crypto winter plus broader sort of macroeconomic conditions that make it pretty unfavorable to be investing in some of these markets right now, right? Gone are the heady days of 2021 when money was cheap and people were looking for risk on assets to park their funds in. That is gone. And as a result, a lot of these firms are having to cut back significantly. You know, we had incoming CEO Dave Ripley on the show recently. So this is a pretty remarkable about face from some previous comments that Kraken had made about holding steady through uh, thick and thin, despite the current market conditions, they were going to be able to continue their plans to grow as such. But obviously, that's taken a turn, probably compounded by this last month of just crazy news in the crypto markets that may have suppressed exchange demand even further as we saw people rush towards self-custody. Jen, curious for your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I guess this is just bear market things, right? I think Will alluded to it in his intro during a bull cycle. There's a lot more customers entering the space and those customers demand product that work. Things need to work better. They need to work faster. They need to break less. And that means that you need to staff up. I know if Wendy were here, she would be saying she wished that Kraken prepared for the bear market. But I think that there's only so much preparation you can do. You need to be able to uh, operate and provide to customer demand. And now during the bear market, a lot of those new customers aren't here anymore. They're waiting out the storm. They're not even sure that they want to operate in crypto. They're reading all of these headlines. They're watching what's going on with FTX, and you know they're not using exchanges like Kraken. I and so I think that we could have expected this. I love that the severance package is 16 weeks. I know in some of the previous layoff stories we've spoken about severance packages were non-existent or not as great as this. And so I hope that these people can find positions. I said this, I think on the during the first layoff story we spoke about, there's still money in this space. There is still funding going to startups and people who are working on developing the projects that are going to be the stars of our next bull cycle. So I always say, if you have an idea and you You've always wanted to work on it and you find yourself being laid off. There are a lot of grant programs out there and funds that are looking to invest in novel ideas. So do some research and check those out, Zach.
1: Just wanted to note sort of the bull bear roller coaster, right? If you look at the blog post, this reduction takes Kraken back to its headcount from 12 months ago, right? So as things were ramping up in the markets and thousands of more customers were looking to get into crypto, All these exchanges and a lot of these crypto firms that are retail facing really faced that challenge. How do we grow quickly enough for this bull market demand while not putting us in a real bad spot when the bear market comes? Because we keep seeing this in crypto, again, this roller coaster of highs and lows. We go up, 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 and we draw down 90%. We go up, 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 and we draw down 90%. And you're kind of seeing that chart play out in headcount too, right? These firms that face retail crypto users who are interested when price go up. They have to grow their headcount ranks, right? So the headcount also go up. And then this is what we see in times when things are a bit fallow. These significant cuts, again, 1,100 people, that's a lot of people to, to let go. But it speaks to the growth that they also endured over the past 12 months, that they added that amount of people in the good times, and now they're pairing back to where they were previously. It's going to be interesting to see who they prioritize, who they keep on, and what those folks are building toward for that presumed next up cycle. Will, what are your thoughts? Last, last thing on this one.
2: Yeah, the roller coaster idea is kind of a cliche, but I think it's very fair, right? When you're going up, things are just wild and you have to meet demand. And if you don't meet customer's demand, they get pretty angry at you. And on the way down, you know, you have to let people off because there's not demand anymore. And then you also kind of get hit by public markets They're like, oh, you have to lay people off. That's not a great look either. So, and it's tough to be in crypto markets. It's tough to be in that very cyclical market. Last thing I want to bring to the table is the fact that a lot of these companies are having to do unpopular things because of the bear market. Uh, yesterday, we talked about a phantom wallet. Phantom wallet adding Ethereum to its uh, wallet ecosystem. It's a pretty unpopular move in terms of like uh, its community. Solana, a lot of people want them to stay on Solana, build there. They're opening up to different chains. I think there's a, some correlation here. right? Like You have to make unpopular moves Going to a bear market, you have to pivot, you have to stay alive, you have to stay alive until the next cycle. And that means pissing off your community, that means laying off people, that means making unpopular decisions to help your bottom line out. And I think we're going to see a few more of these things. And for everyone who's just here for their first cycle and has like, you know, their stakes in the ground and what they like in crypto and what they don't like, I think they're going to see a little bit more of this. Uh, they're going to call for more flexibility, hopefully. Zach, over to you.
1: You know, if you look, again, at uh, you mentioned public markets, Will, and I think Kraken had long been rumored to be going public. And I think we can say with some degree of certainty that that listing is not happening anytime soon. And hopefully it'll be time to the next upswing in the markets. We've all seen what Coin Coinbase's stock has done since debuting to much fanfare back in April 2021.
3: Yeah, I know we always say that businesses need to prepare for this roller coaster and this the bull and bear cycles. But I think to some extent, if you work in the crypto industry and you're new to working in the crypto industry, you should also prepare for for the bull and bear cycles. You should prepare for the roller coaster and know that during the next bear cycle, we are going to see layoffs because we've seen that time and time again and just make sure that you are ready for it so that you are not surprised when it happens. Let's move on to the next story.
2: Okay, I'm taking the next one as well. According to a new report from Bloomberg, Genesis creditors are hiring lawyers looking into how they can best restructure the company and protect themselves against any possible bankruptcy or any fallout from what's happening over at Genesis Trading. Genesis Trading is a sister company of Coindesk, which are both owned by DCG. So a little disclosure before we dive into this subject. Why does this matter? Well, we know that Genesis Trading has a hole in its balance sheet. We're not quite sure how big. We know that they're looking for some funding. There's been some numbers popped around Wall Street Journal from $1 billion down to $500 million. Don't have all the facts yet. We likely won't get any facts, if this does not move to Chapter 11. If it does move to Chapter 11 bankruptcy and some sort of restructuring, then we'll get some more information. But for right now, a lot of this is speculative. A lot of this is just headlines. We're trying to figure out what is going on here. Uh, For people who are creditors to Genesis, they want to know the facts now, and that's why they're trying to get some lawyers involved beforehand. Genesis Trading has also hired some advisory firms to help them figure out how to get some more liquidity into the firm before anything moves forward. Zach, I'm going to boot it over to you for your take on this story.
1: The B word, another bankruptcy potentially at a crypto lender. Are we talking about this against deja vu, man? That's crazy. I mean, everybody's preparing for the worst on this one. And I think also the ramifications across Digital Currency Group are certainly being spoken about quite loudly out in the markets, right? The chattering classes are wondering, hey, is CoinDesk going to be sold? There was a report in Semaphore citing sources familiar with the situation that DCG was low key thinking about selling CoinDesk, potentially to help plug some holes across the rest of its balance sheet. So the ramifications are still playing out from this thing. And I think the Genesis one is going to be a big one. If Genesis can stave off bankruptcy, maybe the contagion is over. If not, I think there's a few more weeks of pain in store. And that's why everyone is lowering up for the worst case scenario. That's why.
3: Are we going to be sold?
2: We might be sold according to Semaphore. Let's talk about that Semaphore article really quickly. Let's talk about that article. So Semaphore published an interesting article yesterday saying, according to sources, which is always my favorite line, according to sources, Coindesk may be shopped around for up to 300 million or even more than that. So 300 million was a little short. I just want to point out some holes in that article. There's a few things on there. Uh, They said that Consensus, which is Coindesk's big uh, party, I like to call it, in Austin. Was a competitor to Crypto Bahamas, which SBF and the FTX group were running. Those things are basically apples and oranges. There's a few other lines in there about like Blockworks, another competitor in publication space, possibly buying CoinDesk. Uh, Blockworks is pretty small, so unless they have like a lot of like shadowy suitors who are able to purchase large firms on their behalf, that seems also pretty dubious. So I had a lot of lines of questioning about the inaccuracies in that article, uh, but I do think it is at the very least. Interesting to look behind DCG's curtain and see what they're going to do with all their assets. Zach, over to you. I know the intrigue is just so much. Blockworks TV bringing
1: you the hash sometime soon. I don't know.
3: Oh no! I don't believe it. I'm not
1: holding what my breath. What will happen on that to one. us
3: if we're sold? I wonder if we'll still be in these same environments. I don't know. Maybe we'll get avatars.
1: Somebody's stuck in this box. Yeah, I mean we've <laughs> even, we've yet to let Will out of the brick room. So I don't know. Maybe it'll, <laughs> I've been here for weeks. No <laughs> <food>. <laughs> might be, it might be Maybe we'll
0: free for will. will. <laughs>
1: might be some silver lining.
0: So here's a big question. What's the most important thing about crypto? It's not transactions per second, it's not convenience, and it's not even smart contracts. It's decentralization to achieve censorship resistance so we can all be free. Minima is a new layer one blockchain designed to run in full on a smartphone so that anyone can participate in building Minima's decentralized network as an equal. Join over 300,000 Minima node runners on the incentive program today to start earning Minima every day until mainnet launch. Get started at Minima.global. This episode is brought to you by Circle, the sole issuer of USDC and a leader in crypto that's held to a higher standard. USDC is a fast, safe and efficient way to send money around the globe.
3: So the european central bank says that crypto is on the road to irrelevance they say that bitcoin was created nearly 15 years ago to improve on or replace the existing monetary system but those hopes have not yet panned out in a blog post the director general of market infrastructure and payments and advisor say bitcoin has never been used to any significant extent for legal real world transactions will What do you think? Are we on the road to irrelevance? Just another indicator that we may not have a job soon.
2: Okay, I wasn't going to do it yesterday, but I'll do it today. God give me the confidence of an ECB banker (laughs) who is just projecting about Bitcoin's future. They are wrong every bear cycle. They do this. They throw out this article. They say Bitcoin's never been used for X. Bitcoin has never been used for Y. Bitcoin is useless. Oh, look at my shiny new digital euro program. I'm going to roll out and make everyone involved in. This is the same article we see over and over again. We got the usual critics on crypto Twitter bringing out as well. My favorite from Eric Voorhees, the founder of Shapeshift, saying that he's going to print this and hang it on his wall as a nice reminder that central bankers don't seem to get things right at all. During the bear market, they're always looking for dunks. And this article is chef's kiss. Perfect. Always same timing. Love to see it roll out. Zach, over to you.
1: Bitcoin's down bad, but it's not going anywhere, right? So I think price down significantly. Usefulness of Bitcoin still quite strong in terms of storing value, transacting outside of the purview of banks, corporation, and government regulators such as this, right? doesn't mean that you're doing it illegally. It doesn't mean that it only is a hotbed of crime. It just means that it exists outside of the purview of the control of central bankers, which have historically done not great things to fiat currencies. And you can look to currency historians, new and old, who speak to that fact. Now, this is the moment for this stuff, right? I think we're going to see a bunch of Bitcoin eulogies. I think that sentiment is out in the ether. People are asking around, you know, they talk to you, your uncle at Thanksgiving or Christmas. They're saying, hey, sure seems like that orange coin stuff is dead. Is it going to come back? Is it going to live? I think obviously it's going to persist. And I think the people in the room who are interested in understanding what it means for the future of financial freedom and usage are going to understand it as opposed to just writing these eulogies that often turn out to be wrong and that are often printed out on the walls of crypto OGs like Eric Voorhees to be trotted out again when times are good and similar officials are saying good things about Bitcoin. So we enter this cycle. It's a cyclicality that we talk about time and time again. And maybe this is just part of the discovery cycle that comes with the boom and the bust that is the highly volatile digital asset space. I don't know, just my two sets.
3: Yeah, I think what's missing from this eulogy is that there are the options, right? If you want to take part in the traditional monetary system, you can do that if you want to use Bitcoin. And by the way, there are lots of people who are using Bitcoin for legal tender in multiple places around the world. I wish Naomi Brockwell was here to tell us all about the ones in her own community that she But like the the choices are there, right? I agree with you, Zach, Bitcoin isn't going anywhere. I think that these two ECB advisors took the chance while writing this to cite everything from the fact that Bitcoin is boiling the oceans to the fact that the technology is going to become irrelevant. And then I think there was even a little dig at FTX in there. They said that under the new regulations in Europe, Mika. FTX would not have been able to operate in the way that they did. Will, I saw your hand go up.
2: Yeah, I'll throw some stats at you and then hand it off to Zach. I think all these articles come out when Bitcoin's price is bad, maybe because there's an audience for it, but certainly because these arguments are rooted in the fact that Bitcoin has a price and they are only going to trot these things out when Bitcoin's price is low. That seems to be like the cliffhanger or like the way that they can kind of latch onto these articles at all. But if you look at the price itself, it's actually pretty impressive where we're at compared to the larger market. The average NASDAQ stock is down about 30% year to date. So, you know, we're, yes, Bitcoin's down 75% year to date, but Bitcoin is a risk-off stock. It's going to, or risk-off assets, going to just falter when everything else is also faltering. Look at Amazon as well. I saw this on Twitter. Forget who said it. So apologies if you're watching this and I'm not citing you. But Amazon has actually sold off all of its COVID gains. So if you look at right before the pandemic started and right after, Amazon's stock price is right back where it started. And why is that? Well, we're in a monetary tightening. So that's definitely to concern. But if you look at Bitcoin in comparison to those things, Bitcoin's actually up quite a bit. Like right before COVID hit, you know, Bitcoin was trading around $6,000 per coin. And now Bitcoin is at $16,000 per coin. So yes, we went up to 69,000. Maybe I'm just preaching hopium, but I think it's important to note that we have made some moderate gains over the last two years. And the ECB should take note of that. Zach, over to you. Yeah, I just wanted to put
1: a finer point and underline what Jen said that was really smart. Bitcoin and digital assets are about optionality, right? They are useful to some people when they're not useful to others. But the fact of their continued existence and the fact that they are an option to some people in terms of transacting and doing bank-like things with their money, the ability to transact and invest in a peer-to-peer fashion, in decentralized networks that are outside the purview of states and state boundaries. That's a fantastic thing that should be allowed to flourish in this world, right? The option to have it is what it comes down to. And I don't think there's many people, even those peddling the most hopium, that are still thinking, maybe, maybe some of the hopium people are still thinking this, that it will replace the financial system writ large. I think most people would say, no, it's an option that at best will be a parallel system to the existing financial rails, that serve many people well, but serve a lot of people pretty poorly. And that's what I think people are in this space are building toward when they think about what Bitcoin and other digital assets can represent for people's financial freedoms going forward. I think that is something that I think maybe these staffers kind of took the bait the replace the thing, the replace the financial system, nuke the whole thing, burn it all down. I don't think that that's likely to ever happen as it relates to Bitcoin. And I think only the diehardest of believers think that Bitcoin will ultimately replace the global monetary system as it exists now. But like Jen said, the option that it is there is the important part. The optionality, whether you're doing it self-custodially or through exchanges, is why Bitcoin matters. All right, I think I'm taking the next story and I guess it kind of dovetails, actually. All right, remember when everyone was like, blockchain, not Bitcoin, and there was like the respectability politics of blockchain for enterprise use cases. Well, TradeLens, which was an IBM Maersk joint, was one of the premier examples of enterprise blockchain and how it could uh, make these consortia of businesses the world over more efficient when it came to logging data on shared ledgers. Most of these ledgers were private permissioned ledgers. They weren't open ledgers, and they didn't have anything to do with the coins, right? Now, we're getting some news that after about five years, they're officially winding this thing down. They had a hard time getting that consortia to a point where it made business sense for these shipping giants to participate in a way that used blockchain now what does it all mean is enterprise blockchain dead forever who knows things come back but it seems like this is a pretty big one to fall in the enterprise blockchain narrative and it really harkens back to where we were after the last bull cycle where this was the thing of the month i'm gonna toss it to will if you got any eulogies for enterprise blockchain hit me with them because this is a good moment to to get it out there
2: it's certainly about the story and I think we should cover it for sure. I remember back in the day when there was a <laughs> lot of these enterprise blockchain stories of like every single article on CoinDesk at one point just felt like it had some sort of enterprise spin to it. And that's because everyone was talking about it. This was like the thing you go to a conference, be like, not too interested in Bitcoin, but I like blockchain technology and I want to use it for my enterprise solution. And if you ask a little bit more, the person had no idea what they were really saying. And that's pretty common. Like that was just about <laughs> 95% of people involved. With crypto. And I think the last few years have definitely repudiated that entire argument. There hasn't been anything that's really worked. There's been a lot of different teams working on this. Consensus, which is a uh, bespoke hub for the Ethereum ecosystem, was working on so many different solutions for enterprise models. None of that has really worked out to date. There's been some JP Morgan stuff, a quorum. I think they've sold off a lot of those assets, have never really used them. And if you really want to get into the why, it's because blockchains aren't really meant to do this sort of thing. Permissive. Private blockchains, the words are just antagonistic against each other at a certain level. Blockchains are supposed to be open, public, legible for everyone to read and moving money around, not necessarily just keeping, uh, you know, quaint little data about where one ship is transferring information to another ship. So I think this is pretty much expected, though, a good little cap on a saga that has been going on for a few years. Jen, over to you.
3: When I read the story, I was like, whoa, blast from the past. And oh, no, it's dying. I think that the important part of the story was it said no one wanted to use this, right? I think when people are talking about blockchain technology, it's this new exciting thing, like when AI was a thing, or we're talking about space. And they're like, what we have is blockchain technology. And they're not focusing on the customer's actual problem and solving that customer's actual problem. They're focusing on using blockchain technology, this new thing. But like you said, Will, it's completely permissioned and completely private. And it obviously did not solve the customer problem because they wanted to stick to using what they already had. And I think that that is a problem that persists across this industry. We are so focused on explaining the technology and showing everyone that we are using the newest and best technology. And we're not focused on explaining why this is better than what already exists zach
1: so in terms of corporate interest in web3 technologies there's been a lot of parallels drawn in this cycle to the metaverse right so in five years time putting you guys on the spot get out the crystal ball here in five (laughs) years time will we be seeing the same headline for corporate experiments with the metaverse or is the metaverse inevitable what do you guys think looking forward jen putting it to you Mm.
3: i'm completely bullish on the metaverse everybody knows that i don't know that we'll be talking about it in the same way i think corporates jumped on to all of the excitement Cop as out. part of the bull cycle i think that there's going to be a lot of drop off during the bear but the metaverse will be back it is not going anywhere and one day the hash will be done from the metaverse
1: <laughs> all right we'll putting it to you metaverse corporate experiments <laughs> sink or swim five years
2: time Five years' time, there'd be a few sad saps at a Decentral Casino, and that's about it. I'm not seeing anything actually working well, out on this front. Metaverse, nope. enterprise blockchain, same sink and ship.
3: In five years, we will talk about this, and I will be right.
2: All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll log it.
1: We'll, we'll Zach, log this. What, one what are the record. your thoughts? I'm just here to observe. I have no thoughts. No You're thoughts on this journalist. one. <laughs> could, go, <laughs> could go either way. Who knows? But just remember, next time someone says blockchain, not Bitcoin. The killer app is the coins, not the ledger itself. Mm. All right, that's it. All right, that's it for the show today. Thanks for watching The Hash. We're on Coindesk TV. It's a good place to be. We like Coindesk TV. We like Coindesk Podcast Network. We like Will's little Coindesk brick cell that we don't let him out of. <laughs> Look, everybody, there he is.
2: Let <laughs> me out.
1: No, you have to stay. That's Will Foxley, Jensen Assey in the middle. I'm Zach Seward. Thanks for being here. We'll see you on Thursday. Have a great day.
0: Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you, so if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
1: You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte.